What's up, everyone? Welcome to Project X Talk, episode 13, your weekly podcast all about Xbox. If you like that, make sure to subscribe to the channel, follow us on your favorite podcast service, and tell all your friends. My name's Kevin. I'm back for my short little break, and I'm joined by Tom, Aman, Garrett, and we have a special guest this week, Luke Lore, otherwise known as Insipid Ghost, the host of EXP, the Xbox Expansion Pass podcast. It's one of the best Xbox podcasts out there. I'm going to let Luke tell you a little more about it uh, before we begin, though. Luke? Yeah, thank you for guys. Thank you guys for having me on. I hope you're all uh, doing well. Certainly a tumultuous week, and it's nice to get back to talking about games for a bit of escapism. Uh, I do host the Xbox Expansion Pass, which is a weekly podcast available on all podcast services and newly now onto YouTube, uh, where I discuss everything that goes on in the game reverse and how it pertains to the Xbox ecosystem. Uh, for example, when they long ago when they announced the DualSense. I would talk about how that would impact those people in the Xbox camp and whether or not that was relevant to them. Uh, I often have on guests as well uh, from around the gaming industry, voice actors, producers, publishers, developers, to talk about their role in the gaming industry and really just to bring insight and education to people who are interested in just kind of the back end of things and how uh, things go. So that's the, again, that's the Xbox expansion pass. And I would love it if anybody would check it out. Uh, but more importantly, I appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you. No, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, like I, we were talking before the show, uh, recently found your podcast a few weeks ago, big fan, uh, subscribe. So everyone make sure you go drop a, a follow, a subscription on YouTube, whatever, and check out his stuff. Cause it, it's really good. Um, so before we get into the actual start of the show, I did want to give everyone a heads up that it's 2021. We promised new content for the channel and new content is coming to the channel. We're going to have some more short form content such as game reviews, some let's plays coming, uh, reaction pieces. Uh, we started a Twitch channel. You can go follow us over on twitch.tv slash project X talk for when we stream over there. Uh, we will tweet out when we go live. I'm not sure how frequent Twitch will be. YouTube is going to be the main place right now. But if you are interested in more content, please go drop a follow over there as well. So new content's coming. Pretty excited. But we got a show to do. So I'm going to start off with the segment we introduced last week. I wasn't here for it, unfortunately. It's what you playing, guys. And I want. I think I'll start with Luke. Uh, give our guest a, a chance to go first. And what games you playing? Oh, that is a, a heavy question now. Uh, <laughs> I've been playing quite a few things. I'm known to juggle many a game at a time. Uh, right now, I am thoroughly enjoying a return to Watch Dogs Legion, which I, I think is now my game of the year for 2020. I really oh, wow. enjoyed that. Um, I encountered a save bug that led me to put it down for a bit and enjoy other mm -hmm. games. I recently also finished Immortals Phoenix Rising. Uh, which I enjoyed for its casual sense and bright colors and, and true escapism from, uh, you know, kind of the almost potentially real world of something like Watch Dogs. And, uh, and then I, I, I main on some evergreen titles like Sea of Thieves, uh, recently got into Fortnite, which is funny. <laughs> I saved that fight off for a long time, and I, I do enjoy playing that with friends. And also Call of Duty. So I, I really enjoy a lot of different games. I've got the Falconeer sitting on my to-play list right now. Uh, for an interview coming up in a few weeks. And I'm, I'm really just doing my best to celebrate and enjoy as many games as possible from 2020 because there was so much great content that came out despite all the issues of the year that uh, I'm really enjoying a number of things. So Watch Dogs Legion, Immortals, and you know, everything else under the sun. 
Immortals is definitely a game that I want to check out when I get some time. I'm kind of working through some stuff, as I'll uh, I'll mention soon when in my uh, my section. But uh, Aman, what are you playing right now? Oh, I just picked up um, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order for the first time. Um, yeah, I've been enjoying <laughs> that game a lot. Uh, the graphics are amazing. The visuals are amazing. The gameplay is amazing. I'm just enjoying it. Sweet. Uh, Tom, what you got going on over there? Right now, I'm playing a whole lot of Sea of Thieves. This is like the first time I've gotten like really into it. Uh, I managed to get two of my friends. Uh, one, I got them on PC Game Pass, and my other friend just swapped over from uh, PS4 to the Xbox. So we've oh, been wow. playing a lot of Sea of Thieves, and the game is actually so much fun, especially when you have a group of people to play with. Like, it's I just can't say it. Like, dude, we've been doing so much quests, so much looting. A lot of just pirating. We just any ship I see, you're an immediate target. I'm not friends with anybody. <laughs> you're that guy. I'm that you're guy. That I'm guy. that guy. <laughs> oh no. So so my crew, we we did the whole during the pandemic, we we got together, we really explored CFDs. We went for Pirate Legend. And very rarely would we ever go hunting. We were the ones with the alliance flag up and we meant it. We meant to be in an alliance. Oh wow. Uh, so I wonder if in the in the big world of Sea of Thieves we've ever crossed paths and crossed cannons. That'd be that'd be a cool thing if we could ever find that out. That's awesome, man. I love Sea of Thieves. Great choice. Is that a that you said it was on uh, PC? So it's crossplay between PC, PC yep. and Xbox. Yep. Sweet. Yeah. But I know Gary, things that you, you gotta look it. out when you do the crossplay, right? Because like mm -hmm. they could still do the double shot, so technically they'll be better on PvP interactions. That's why there is that whole Xbox only feature. But wow. uh, yeah, back to what I was going to be playing. I was sort of just waiting for uh, Outriders when it's coming out, but it got pushed back like another month. So like, I'm probably going to be switching back to C. Like, yeah. It's been a while. Like I could dust off my PL and uh, start doing some cool stuff. And I could drop like Athena's and the Gilded Quest for them, which is like, it's another level. You're more targeted because you're hauling a lot more loot. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Outriders, I think, got pushed to April, right? Yeah. It got by the way, Garrett, um, I'm leading by 300 gamer score so far. <laughs> Dude, my work schedule is nuts. You're gonna win this month, but I beat you by like a thousand last month. So there, you could take that. <laughs> All right. I'll finish off the what you've been playing section. Uh, well, Tom and Garrett are trying to get me to play Sea of Thieves with them. I do have a download. I think we'll we'll play some of that and uh, maybe do a let's play for the channel coming up uh, while they introduce me to the game because I've played it for maybe an hour when it launched, yeah. like bare, like day one when it came out years ago. I don't know anything about it since then. So uh, you guys want to do some things and mess with me, I'm, I'm all for it. Um, in terms of games I've been playing, I'm currently working through Dragon Quest XI on Game Pass. I'm about 20-ish hours into it. I'll probably do a, a review of the game for the channel. I'm, I like it. It's not blowing me away. Uh, the way people talk about it, I expect it a little more. Maybe I just haven't got to the point where it's like, oh my god, like this is an amazing JRPG. But I'm liking it. It's, it's good. I'm going to keep working through it. I tried Code Vein on Game Pass, and that was probably a mistake because I don't like Souls games. But I saw it had co-op, so me and my friends were gonna co-op it, and uh, we've we've dropped it. We, it's not for me. I can't. I cannot take Souls combat. I 
I just don't like dying so much. And I feel like I'm just cowering in fear the whole time. So everyone can tell me to get good, but I'm going to stick to, I'm going to stick to some better, ga- uh, better games for me. Multiplayer wise, I've been playing some Master Chief Collection here and there. Really, really enjoying that. I had got my buddy to play it with me who's on the original Xbox. We were having a lot of fun with it the other night. So that was really, that was really good. And then other than that, I'm working through God of War. I know it's not an Xbox game, but I am playing God of War right now. It's really good. I did not have, I haven't had a PlayStation since PlayStation 2, and I'm absolutely loving God of War. So I'm, I'm pumped about that. And then I have a few more trophies for Sackboy Platinum. So lots of gaming going on during the pandemic and while I'm stuck at home. Lots of good stuff. And we'll, uh, we'll get that Sea of Thieves going this weekend, I think, guys. But everyone's playing games. We'll, uh, we'll move into our news roundup. Here's the, the meat of the show. And we're going to start with our first story. Blooper team talking about the medium ahead of its January 28th release date. I'm pulling from Alessio Palumbo over at WCCFTech.com. They had a chance to interview the game producer about the medium. In the interview, they discuss how the game is first and foremost a narrative horror game, and they've built on their previous works, including Observer, Layers of Fear, and Blair Witch, to allow them to enhance their storytelling technique and create a more cohesive narrative experience for the players. Something that's unique to the medium is the use of the dual reality feature. I don't know if you guys have seen the trailer that I I posted in our chat where they have the split screen kind of where you're acting in two different worlds at the same time. That has obviously been the driving point for this game. There are some action combat sequences that are all around the main character's powers. Um, but they said expect it to play closer to Amnesia than Resident Evil. So people expecting a you know action horror game are, are probably going to be a little disappointed. There's ray tracing to some certain extent, or I'm not sure what that will be on the Series X. And it's also an exclusive for the Series X. It's not coming to last gen, just this gen. I'm going to stop right there. How, what's your, what's your guys' hype level for the medium? Tom? Five out of ten. Five out of ten a month. Wow. Like, it's something I'm going to pick up, but like, I'm not overly hyped for it. You know, I, I'm going to check it out, going to download it, see how it plays. Oof. But, yeah. Hurting my heart hearing that. <laughs> so I play a lot of horror games, like Layers of Fear. I played the old Amnesia games back in the day. So I don't, I don't really like, I'm not like overly hyped for these kind of games because they're generally kind of short experiences. But yeah, I'm excited to try my first like official, you know, Series X exclusive. That's like the biggest one so far coming out. So I'm definitely excited for that at least. I tend to fall in that camp as well. I don't have any particular love for Bluebird Team. By the same token, I would never deny their ability. Like, I really enjoyed Blair Witch. Surprisingly, it was not a game that I was interested in. Played it on Game Pass and absolutely loved it. It was a great experience. Uh, I, I I talked about it on XEP last week that this is a game that Game Pass is bringing me to as opposed to one that I would ever mm-hmm. seek out. It's not a game I would go buy. It's not a game that I'd be interested or following. But because I can get it into Game Pass, try it out, uh, to Tom's point, see the first, theoretically the first Series X exclusive uh, and know what it is they're trying to do and why was it so special that it couldn't be on Xbox One. I'm interested to follow that side of things. 
uh, and see it for myself. I recently upgraded to an OLED TV. Ooh, I had nice. to sell a kidney or two. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm finding that even games that I was playing on my, my previous 4K TV, it just didn't look the same. It just wasn't the same. And I was like, wow, now it looks next gen. This will be another opportunity to see something that's truly truly meant to be next gen. And I want to know what it is that's so special about it. So the fact that it's day and date into Game Pass is fantastic because I think more people will get to experience what it is trying to offer. And more interestingly, how are they planning to different, differentiate it from the Xbox One catalog? Is this something that will, on, will only show up if you're on a Series S or X in Game Pass? Will you be able to see it from your Xbox One, but it's going to have a warning label? I want to know how they're going to handle that messaging, because prior to this, we've seen how they handle backward compatibility and forward compatibility in, in uh, cross-gen sets of titles. This will be one that locks out a consumer base, and I'm interested to see how they manage that. That is a great point, mainly because it's already like it's already displayed on Game Pass. I already had it have it pre-installed on my Series X, and I've seen people talk about on their base Xbox One or Xbox One X that they can see the game in Game Pass, but it won't let them do anything. So if this is going to be, I know Xbox made a point to say that they weren't going to split the console base, and but there are going. This is the first example. There are going to be games that the Xbox One cannot run. We need a way to differentiate, as you said, between the titles and not show them something that they can't have. It's that's kind of like a slap in the face. That I'm like, hey, look at this great title that you can never play. To me, I think showing it is um, like beneficial to Microsoft. Like, hey, look at this sneak new game that you guys can't play on your old Xbox One. Time to upgrade. Yeah, free marketing mm -hmm. really, and it just requires less work. So do you guys think like, in like um, three, four years down the line? What was that, Amon? Sorry. Yeah, uh, sorry. Yeah. Um, do you guys think like around uh, three or four years down the line, we'll get a separate section, like a separate Game Pass for Xbox One users, like how we have Xbox Game Pass for PC, or we can have one for Xbox mm -hmm. Game Pass for Xbox One, which for games like, you know, Fable might not be on Xbox One, uh, Avowed might not be on Xbox One. So how do you think they're going to handle that? I don't think so, personally, just because I think the majority of games will still be cross-gen available on both. Because if you look at their large cat, like they have their 300 whatever games right now, you can play those on the Xbox One. So just locking all those out into a separate thing would be a little, little bit much, I think. Yeah, so I think it's, I, I don't, I'm sorry, Tom. Go ahead, bud. I was going to say, you, and right now you already can filter it based on consoles, so I, doubt, I don't think it's really a big issue. Yeah. I'd be interested to see how they, they market it uh, in terms of cover titles. Will they use, at, for, at one point they were using that big optimized for Series S and X logo, which I liked, but it was, was too big and, and overused and clouded some of the messaging. And right now they're doing, the, the, it's like just white lettering x or s you know if it's optimized i would imagine we see something akin to that and then uh like a slight modification to that just so that it's it's like uh, xs required or something in that vein i have another question regarding the medium but i want to know garrett is this a game you're going to play i don't know you're a multiplayer um, guy yeah i'm going to be playing it because it's on game pass like i watched the video it's very atmospheric I was a little disappointed how they didn't have like any true 
actually so we had a vision because i read a few interviews about it and like they said that there was going to be some fighting interaction and it was just mm-hmm. it sort of seemed like uh a stealth game without the stealth cone did you guys watch the gameplay where the whole like ghost thing that you couldn't really see because they didn't go into the other red place i'll just call it for now but yeah uh, yeah like yeah. they hit it and then like she was right there there was no chase scene like <laughs> So, like, that I'm a little mixed up about, but uh, I'll play it because it's on Game Pass. I'll give it a solid few hours. Why not? So, yeah, they, so the game is a short experience. It's like 8 to 10 hours, I think they said. I'm definitely getting it. It's already pre-installed, as I said. My main thing for this game is I have watched the trailer multiple times. Like you said, I'm a little disappointed as well that they didn't show any of the combat that they were talking about. Am I going to be able to, you know, like, control, like, fling stuff with my powers? Am I going to be able to shoot yeah. some blast because she seems to be able to absorb energy in her arm or something so i'm I'm not really sure uh, what the combat is yeah like the only thing that maybe we could relate to combat was her little uh ball thing to keep the beetles or bat the the things away yeah yeah. when she went in that tunnel yeah yeah so speaking of the tree yes if we want if we want to break down the trailer it obviously starts with her staring at a shoe and hearing a bunch of screams for what i think is way too long it's like 30 seconds of the trailer it's just her hearing screams of looking at a shoe and i'm just like can we can we get but after that i thought the trailer was really good i like the way it looks i think the game looks really good obviously we're watching not compressed video so it's a little you know take that with a grain of salt you always want to temper your expectations when you're watching stuff through a compressed video on YouTube. But I thought it looked good. Obviously, it's not finalized yet. It had that little disclaimer down the bottom. I'm excited to know what the ray tracing elements are. Is this game going to look even better? Because that would be great. Even if it's 4K, 30 with ray tracing, I'll take that. Like, that would be phenomenal for me. Because this isn't a game where you really need 60 FPS. This is a game that I'm likening to Until Dawn or Man of Medan which are games that I just beat until dawn last week. I played through Man of Medan, and my main thing with those games was you walk so slow. I hate walking so slow and having to look at things, so I'm so glad that this did not look like I'm... I mean, it was it was slow, but it wasn't like snail pace. I can, I can run to a certain extent, and then we had that chase sequence, uh, if you want to call it that, where she had to sprint away from the monster and then hide. So there's definitely better movement in this game, from what I can tell. You guys have any? I, I was yeah. thinking this game. Um, I think this game is going to be something similar to Hellblade. As it, I mean, like um, in the in terms of the pacing of the the pacing of the game and uh, the combat, how the combat might work, since like you know Hellblade has a few uh, action sequences but spread out between the game, and they're may, most of them are the same thing. Um, and I don't think combat is the main focus for the developers. I think it's more it's more of the, about the narrative, similar to Hellblade. So I think the pacing of the game might be similar to that. Okay, that's that's fine with me. If we yeah, listen, if we get another Hellblade, <laughs> I am all for that. That game is phenomenal. As you know, I said it was the best game of last gen for me personally uh, on the Xbox. So medium. Everyone, a little mixed bag, but we're all going to check it out. I'm excited to dive into it in a few weeks and get more of an in-depth review on that going for the channel. So we'll move on to story number two. And I want to ask you guys a question. Would you guys like haptic feedback in the Xbox controller? Luke, I'm going to start with you. 
I know where this is coming from, and I, and I saw the reports of the the Microsoft poll that they put out asking if people were familiar with the features of the DualSense and yep. if they'd be interested in having it on an Xbox. Um, the I'm curious, how many of the panel have, have you guys all used a DualSense before? Yeah, yeah I have a PlayStation 5. Yeah, okay. So I was unfortunately very underwhelmed by it due to, in large part, many people hyping it up for me right i found the dual sense to be an absolute joy when i played uh astro's playroom thought that was a wonderful very fun thing that i i really took to heart it was the best mario game uh, ever made and it it's not a mario game you know uh that said the game that i i bought my ps5 for was miles morales and mm -hmm. i adore miles morales both as a character and a game uh but i couldn't tell you one time where I remember the dual sense impacting me. In fact, I would have much preferred my um, uneven sticks. You know, the parallel sticks don't really, that, that isn't my, my personal preference. The dual sense is, I think, one of the best controllers ever made. Easily. Easily. But I did not feel like its haptic feedback really defined my my time in using it. It wasn't special to me. It feels well made, but I didn't lose my mind over it. I think of the the DualShock 4, that the touchpad, very gimmicky. I'm not a fan of that in, in any way. I thought it was very poorly used. The DualSense seems to be doing well. If more games that are third-party take advantage of it, then to answer your question as I round back, then I would love to see Microsoft investigate it. Um, right now, I do not think it's likely that we see anything in the next three to four years using that. And that's a long time. And I defend that answer by saying we have the Elite 2 controller, which uses back paddles, which to me is the real game changer of a controller interface. Love back paddles. Really disappointed that the DualSense didn't have that because I love, I just love the ability to use triggers. And they teased us with that DualShock 4 button on the back. Mm -hmm. But the reason I'm so adamant that I don't think they'll do it for a while is Microsoft's big goal is to reach 2 billion screens. And they plan on doing that not via hardware, but via programs like PC, but more importantly, via xCloud. And getting a super high-tech controller out that mm -hmm. works on multiple screens for xCloud is expensive and very difficult. So I don't think Razer would, would be interested in making the Razer Kishi 2 that has tons of technology in there for a controller that's already 100 bucks. I don't see us taking advantage of that. I think instead they would prefer, prefer to be cost effective and get to screens in a way that uh, removes hardware barriers. So am I interested in it? Not really. I'm also not against it by any means. Like, cool if they do it. Um, but I, I want... I want uh, to note that I think the Series X controller is wonderful, the DualSense is wonderful, and they both the apex of their designs. They just do different things. <laughs> yeah. uh, Aman, what's your feeling? I absolutely agree with you there. Yeah, I absolutely agree with Luke there. Um, what he said absolutely makes sense. Um, on my thoughts on the DualSense, yeah, it was cool when I played Astro, but what I really wanted in every game I played no, I would want it in like games like, for example, if it does come to Xbox games like Forza, maybe Psychonauts. But would I really want the Dual Sense while I'm playing Halo? I don't think that would suit me. That's my opinion, though. 
Um, so yeah, I don't, I'm not, a, I'm not the biggest fan of it. It was definitely overhyped. It was good. It worked well with games like you know Astro. Uh, worked uh, pretty well with Bug Snacks, I think. And um, so yeah. Tom. So, Astro was good with the haptic feedback on the PS5 DualSense, but the reason like like I love do um haptic feedback on the Nintendo Switch. There's so many games that utilize haptic feedback so well, like Super Mario Odyssey. It does enhance the experience a whole lot. Um, it's just on the PS5 front, there's not really a lot, a lot of games that utilize it to its fullest extent yet. Uh, I really do want a controller that has haptic feedback. They shouldn't, like... It, it, even if it's like an Elite Series 3, it, they don't have to make it a baseline controller. I'm fine with that, because whatever, I don't care. It should be more of a premium feature anyways, but... I'm not against it. I, I'm for it. Uh, the only thing I don't need from that controller is like the, the triggers. I felt like the trigger thing was like real gimmicky anyways. But definitely haptic feedback is definitely a, like a next-gen feature that we need to have. Yeah. Question. I have a question for you, Tom. You you dig the Switch controller with Odyssey and whatnot. Um, do you think the experiences that you had with HD Rumble justified the cost of the of the joy cons because i've heard mixed responses on that what do you think those things are so expensive man but yeah yeah i i, I would it, it justifies it i have two sets of joy cons and i use them for everything like mario party especially and it feels so nice to have to feel like it does feel like really premium and i think it justifies it that's, that's interesting to me as someone that also has a Switch, and I immediately drop the Joy-Cons. I hate Joy-Cons. I think they are a terrible, terrible way to play games. I immediately picked up a Pro Controller. That's the only comfortable way I can play on that console. Playing in handheld actually is so painful. There, I don't know who they put this in the hands of and was like, this feels good to play handheld. That's why I'm hoping Switch Pro is a real thing, and it's just like a docked console 100% of the time. But I'm going to leave my Nintendo feelings out of this. I love Nintendo. I just want to play Super Smash Brothers in 4K. But in terms of the Xbox controller, as someone that has a PlayStation 5, uses it almost daily, I think we're going over the same point. Astro was phenomenal. The controller really enhanced the experience there, except I hate the motion control where you have to earn the ball. I, I hate I hate doing that with the dual sense. The Sackboy is another game that I think really uses the dual sense features well. But I still don't think that the Xbox needs this. I'm never playing my Xbox. I was like, you know what would really make this experience better? Haptic feedback. And I know Aman mentioned or Tom, I forget which one of you were talking about the the trigger that i think it was you tom the, tr the the triggers i know people are getting frustrated in that call of duty it's a cool thing to press down and like feel the kickback from the gun but it's not the most competitively viable thing like if you're actually trying to play the game that kickback is going to mess up your aim it's it's not going to help your gameplay it feels cool but ultimately in terms of usefulness it's not great in my opinion I do like it in games, as Amon was saying, platformers, Sackboy. When you pick things up, you feel the resistance because you have to hold down the, the trigger. That's a great feature. I would like that in certain games, but I'm not 
like dying for it on the Xbox. So in my opinion, as Luke was saying, I don't think we see this anytime soon. If we get a mid-gen refresh this generation, which is still up in the air, then maybe it's something that they add to that console's controller to make it you know different, give people a reason to upgrade mid-generation. But I don't think it's something that is coming anytime soon. And I don't think I don't think the majority of people that have used both would say that it's something that's needed. So speaking of controllers, this is something I saw today, guys. Now I'm going to ask, do you know why the Xbox controller still comes with batteries? Because people online were saying it's because of a deal with Duracell, which, as Tom Phillips over at Eurogamer tells me, is not the case. It was something that has been taken from the Duracell UK's marketing manager that said in an interview that there's always been a partnership, there's going to be a partnership. People got really into the weeds digging into this comment and was like, this is why they won't give us rechargeable battery packs. Does this upset you guys that you have AA batteries as an option on the Xbox? Luke, I think this story Eric? is ridiculous, personally. Just because, <laughs> like, I always thought it was just, like, because my buddies who have a PlayStation, after you plug it and unplug it, like, a hundred times, it doesn't barely have a charge anymore. It's not nice to be built in, right? So, like, the option about it is great. And, like, didn't Xbox have the little built-in thing? Or not built-in, but you could buy it as, like, a little separate thing and just, like, slide it in? I don't know. I'm just a double-A guy. But uh, some people have, like, the little thing that just slides in in its case. And it's oh, just... you are a double-A guy. Wow. Yeah. No one's perfect, man. Don't beat yourself up. <laughs> oh, God, I walked into that one. I should not sleep before the shows. <laughs> what's uh what's your feelings on this luke wrong mouse sorry uh i i it surprised me because i was under the impression that there was a deal with duracell at one point um i did not read the article or i've not had a chance to read the article at the time of this recording um i don't know if it references that there was a deal in place at one point my understanding is that there was uh, in previous years. I don't know if that expired or if maybe I was just misinformed. Um, that said, I find battery option to be kind of obnoxious. I would have much preferred it be charging. I find batteries to be very environmentally wasteful and uh, a, a bad habit. I much prefer charge packs uh, for convenience sake. I did purchase the Series SX charge pack for my my blue controller i got the sonic blue controller just in case we bought sega you never know um <laughs> but i i got the charge pack because i dig it and uh i have an elite controller as my, my secondary um prior to that on xbox one i was using third-party charging stands uh, i do not like the idea that my batteries could run out and i don't have batteries ready to go so so that is is the core thing for me and that was one of the things i liked about the dualshock 4 um, it may not have lasted long, but the ability to just plug it in and charge was meant that I didn't have to go purchase batteries. I felt it to be more cost effective um, down the line. That was my thought. Yeah, I'm with you. I was a little disappointed that they didn't switch to a rechargeable battery, even though for me it's not that big of a deal because I have the Xbox One uh, battery, low battery pack that you can put in. If you get the one that clips on, I don't believe it works with this controller just because of the size, but you have the one that goes in the controller, that one works and that one's rechargeable. 
with the Series X controller. So for me, it hasn't been a switch. I haven't bought batteries in a decade now because I've been saving money with my rechargeable battery pack. So for me, I would just like us to see everything go rechargeable, but I understand people like their options. I don't think Microsoft is intentionally being like, oh no, we, we can't do it because Duracell is paying us a buttload of money. Like they're putting two AA batteries in a one console every eight years. Like it's, it's not that many batteries. It's not that much money. Like it just can't be that much money. Tom, Amon, what do you guys feel about batteries? Okay, I'll go. So, uh, I don't really use batteries. I use the rechargeable as well. Uh, I think it's ridiculous that the controller doesn't come with a rechargeable battery pack, even if it's removable. The fact that either you have to go out and buy rechargeable batteries or drop $25 on top of the $60 controller to get the official uh, Series X rechargeable battery, that's ridiculous. When you think that all the features that the PS5 controller has, that controller is only $10 more than the Series X, and it has a rechargeable batteries and way more premium features. Uh, I feel like we're, uh, we're being juked on this one, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you there, Tom. Um, Xbox should have given us uh, the rechargeable battery pack with the console, um, spending $25 to $30 more on it. Doesn't make sense. Um, actually makes it more expensive than the DualSense. So yeah, I'm not, I'm, I would like, I like that Xbox have the AA option. But I would much I would have preferred it if they just like, gave us a rechargeable battery pack with the console itself. In terms of the controller, I don't know if people are getting upset about the batteries. The thing that we needed was a cable. They didn't put a USB A to yes, C. Yes, they, I, why, yes, they didn't put a cable, not a cable in the box. I have to use my PlayStation one. Yeah, <laughs> that's just a little rant for me. But we'll move on to story number three four, three, I forget what number we're on, but uh, Arcane Studios is working with Dishonored co-creator on a new game. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but Arcane Studios is one of the studios that Microsoft will be getting with the Bethesda uh, acquisition when that finalizes in later this year. He was at Arcane Lyon in France, um, but is in Arcane Austin now working with the guys that made Dishonored and Prey he said in an interview that he's not working on Deathloop. He's working on a new game over there. We don't have much details about it. I just thought it was exciting news that someone, I don't know if you guys have played Dishonored, highly recommend it. Um, if you like those types of games, it's everything I've heard is a great game. I know my brother is a big fan of those titles, but it's just exciting that we have uh, some pedigree coming with a, with a good studio. I don't know if anyone wants to say anything on that. If not, I'll move on to our, our next story. Okay. Um great. You know, um, he <laughs> could be working on Dishonored. He could be working on um, Dishonored three or Prey two or, or uh, bring back the original Prey from two thousand six, which actually I preferred from the Prey reboot since it was about space bounty hunting, and um, I kind of like that. Um, I hope it's a new IP. Uh, I think 
Um, Dishonored 3 can be done some other time. I really want to see a new IP from Arcane. I think they're great at making games, their storytelling, and their level design is absolutely amazing. And if they do make a new IP, I'm down for it. And if they do bring back Dishonored 3 or Prey 2, I don't, I wouldn't mind it. Okay. Time for some Minecraft news. I know our resident Minecraft fan over there, Garrett, will be uh, maybe a little disappointed. I don't know if he plays this, but pulling from Tom Warren over at The Verge, Microsoft is officially shutting down Minecraft Earth on June 30th. The mobile game is shutting down due to the ongoing pandemic. According to the Minecraft team, they say that they have made the difficult decision to reallocate resources to other areas of the community. You'll no longer be able to download or play the game as of June 30th. The player data is being deleted on July 1st. Players can no longer purchase items, and any balance that they have will be converted to mine coins to buy in the general Minecraft marketplace, which I did not know was a thing. Has anyone played Minecraft Earth? Does anyone care? I played it for all of like 20 minutes. It is, it's Pokemon Go with Minecraft. Like you could go to like little spots and then you could put up like a bronze dungeon i think it was when i was playing it and like a little thing would come up where you could go through your ar camera and it would be like just a little thing like a 10 by 10 block uh area and you go through there and look for a chest and then you could just add it to your inventory right mm -hmm. but uh with things that are happening in the world right now i could fully expect that uh AR games and going around and walking around and socializing, that whole department's probably taking a hit. So I got to play that game at a behind closed doors at 3 2019, and it was super impressive tech. It was it was really neat to see. Uh, but you know, it, like you said, it's AR games are are suffering greatly, and I don't know that Minecraft Earth in general had the following or even the people that knew about it to survive even if it what if there was no pandemic amidst our, our our daily lives so the tech was really cool and it seemed to be an extension of what they were trying to do with hololens and, and a lot of kind of cool side projects but i don't think it was ever destined for greatness and i think pokemon go uh is essentially a a one-off in that category geocaching games have always existed but this one feels special and in Minecraft Earth probably had the best shot of any of them to to latch into that Minecraft uh, zeitgeist, and it just it just didn't fell flat. Yeah, I totally forgot this was a thing. I remember think seeing it seeing it in 2019 when they showed it off, and I've never thought about it since then. Certainly, have never played it. I played Pokemon Go, which I imagine is not making the revenue this year that it has in previous years. Tom, Amon, did either of you ever play Minecraft uh, World? What was it called? Minecraft Earth. Earth. <laughs> yeah, Minecraft I, I, Earth. <laughs> I, I, I've played it. Uh, I mean, it was okay. Pretty much uses the same exact nodes that uh, Pokemon Go uses. Uh, honestly, not a lot of people played around this area anyway, so I never found anyone even playing Pokemon Go or Earth anywhere. I'm usually alone at those nodes. Uh, it's a stupid game. I mean... If I, if I want to, at least with Pokemon, you're going around and like catching Pokemon, and that feels like more authentic and cool. But in Minecraft Earth, like, I mean, if I want to dig and build, like, I'm just gonna play Minecraft. You know. You do have a point there. 
Fair point. So we'll end the news roundup with the final story. It's just a quick rundown of the first games coming to Game Pass for 2021 that have been announced. We have uh, PES or PES 2021, Injustice 2, The Little Acre, Neoverse, Torchlight 3, What Remains of Edith Finch, and YIIK, a postmodern RPG. Uh, I imagine Injustice is getting on there because Tekken is leaving and they want another big fighting game. That's my only thoughts on that lineup not very over they have marvel versus right. capcom though so that's it's, my favorite out of all of them it's not very well received in the in the fighting game community though oh no only the second one the third and moving on from that they're all bad yeah it's it's not the best it's not the best choices um so that'll do it for the news roundup this week we're gonna get into the rumor roundup uh our first rumor it was going around the other day. Xbox has filed a trademark for Xbox Series XS, sparking speculation that a smaller version of the Series X could be coming. Does anyone have thoughts on what this trademark could be? Or is this people overreacting and the trademark simply doesn't have the slash for XS like I imagine it is? Aman, you want to give us some thoughts? Yeah, I think people are just overreacting. <laughs> um, I think it's just the Xbox Series X and Xbox Series S. Um, if it isn't, it's probably a digital-only Xbox Series X. And yeah, that's all I have about that. It's fair. I, I have the yep. same thought. What he said. Yeah. 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 What he said. It up pretty like, well. I said like the only variance that I'd give to that is like maybe it is a slightly upgraded one that they're going to release in two or three years and they're going to call that the XS because it's just mm-hmm. going to be an upgraded X with no disk drive to save some money so that they could put it at the same price with better components. But uh, yeah, other than that, no, nothing big. Yeah, I imagine it's just people overreacting. I don't know if they would file a trademark so soon for a new console if they're even going to do a new console. So we'll go on to the second rumor, which is actually a list of rumors that is, was going around uh, Twitter, Reddit. It was from Xbox Worlds, which I don't know how reliable that source is, but we're going to have some fun here, and we're going to go through their little list for our rumor roundup. The first one I think we've touched on before is In Exile is working on a new steampunk triple uh, A RPG. Supposedly have the highest budget or second highest budget for an Xbox game in development. I think this rumor kind of got some credibility yesterday when In Exile posted some job listings for a new RP, yeah, FPS a RPG. Yeah. yeah, FPS RPG. Yeah, yeah. So this one seems pretty credible um, from what I can tell. I am sure they're working on a new RPG uh, from whether it's steampunk or not. I think we had some discussion on that in a previous episode. The next one is Obsidian is developing six projects, including three AAA RPGs. Uh, do you guys think they can oh, do six You games can games? already count it, you know. See, um, Avowed, Outer Worlds 2, and one probably we uh, might not see for quite some time. There's Those a three RPGs. Three yeah. Well, they're working on Grounded. Do we consider that AAA? I think triple. I think grounded will be triple A. Yeah, I think it uh, will be later on. I think it's shot. Well, I I had Adam Adam Brennicky on XCP several months ago when they hit they hit a million like out of the gate in early access, 
And it was around that time I had him on, and he was surprised by the state of the game versus its reception, which was very positive. You know, he's like, this is very early access. Um, I think that that could be what somebody is inferring to, to, to be a AAA, uh, not in terms of resources and team size, but in terms of reception by gamers. Um, and then Avowed and Outer Worlds 2, probably therein also. I... Obsidian and In Exile to me are really interesting studios because Microsoft has fostered this idea of multiple teams within a studio and go make what you want. You know, uh, Ninja Theory is a great example. You make Hellblade 2, sweet. Oh, you're doing Project Mara, cool. You want to make Bleeding Edge? All right, cool. Go for it. <laughs> and I, that's such a good example, I think, though, like because it makes me chuckle every time because Bleeding Edge really did fall flat. Yeah. The developers wanted to make it. And when you foster creativity and allow it, when you let your 12-person team go make Grounded about a person in a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids world, that sounds dumb. To, it just sounds dumb. When you play it, it's really fun if you like those kind of games. And I'm like, all right, well, this is basically State of Decay, but with bugs and more building. Okay, neat. Like Something that Microsoft has really done is push these studios to make what they want to make. And that's why they're so enticing. They're not dictating their, their new welcome open arm studios to make a certain thing. Nobody said you have to go make Doom 3, right? Um, but to, to, the, to the rumor aspect, the one part that caught me off guard from the previous story is in Exile, historically smaller budgeted games by comparison to something like Avowed, getting the second highest budget, no way that's true next to Perfect Dark, next to... Halo Infinite, which for God's sake at this point is very expensive, uh, and next to yeah, Avowed, which is... Go ahead, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh no, that's all that I was really going to say was, I'm wondering what budget they mean, because uh, I'm actually on their game list right now. Halo Infinite's budget is $500 million. Do you want to know what they're... No? Do you guys remember Two Human? Oh God, unfortunately... <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm Xbox going down the list. Title. Yeah, that's the only other one that's on the list for 71 to 119 million dollars accounting for inflation. So it's that is a huge gap that I I think that's just too vague for the rumor thing. And, like And the 500 yeah, million we don't Park. know if that includes marketing. We don't know if it includes tie into the the Showtime show. We don't know how the money's being allocated. We sure as mess saw a number of uh, like soda cans and pop figures and uh, mega oh, yeah. mega constructs, Halo Infinite stuff. I've got a ton of them all over my room because I was stoked for that game. So we don't know what the budget of something means. And that vagary is, I think, very frustrating on the consumer side to, to wonder. I don't like wondering. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a great point. See, I, I do think... I do think Inexile are working on a big game. I don't think it's um, the second highest, uh, the game of the second highest budget, but I do think they're working on a big game since now they actually have full financial backing to work on a big AAA game. Like since before, uh, before they didn't really have the financial financial backing needed to make a big open world AAA first person game, which they always wanted to make, and now they do. And I think um, Brian Fargo is trying to pursue that. I don't know if Microsoft looks at what they've done. Obviously, they like what they've done enough to buy them. 
and they probably believe in the studio, but I don't know if they believe in them enough to give them the second highest budget. Yeah, definitely. definitely. So, but I don't. I think they're working on a new think... game. I don't think they have quite as much money as the rumor is kind of suggesting. Yeah, probably. This next rumor is super vague. It literally just says Xbox has secured publishing rights for a big triple A surprise that will launch in 2021. Like that's the vaguest rumor ever. Like there's a game coming out in 2021. Great. Obviously. Ooh. Uh. <laughs> this one I think we've talked about before. I know for a fact we've had Phil Spencer mention that he wants to do it and it's xCloud will be joining several new markets next year including iOS and Samsung TVs. I think this is pretty accurate. I think it'll probably happen this year certainly ios is coming soon pretty sure they said at the end of 2020 and as we've discussed tvs is the next big market for them they want to hit as many screens as possible yeah so the next one is several additional titles will be launching exclusively to xbox next year with forza horizon 5 starfield and wolfenstein 3. Forza Horizon 5, I know it's a title Jeff Grubb said could be launching soon, I believe it was it was Jeff Grubb uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah. Starfield is one that Phil Spencer just keeps name dropping in every single interview. We still have to figure out what has happening with Bethesda games, but I think that one could be accurate. And I don't know anything about Wolfenstein 3. I have not heard anything. Have you guys maybe got more ears to the ground than me on this again with this one, but... It's been in development for around three years now, so it could possibly come out this year or early next year. But they just don't, release if yeah, that was Young Blood, but you know, um, it, the, not the full team, <laughs> not the full team of um, Machine Games was working on that game. I think it was a um, separate team, uh, and the rest of them were working on Wolfenstein Three because that was. Uh, I think um, one of the one of the developers did say long, quite a long time ago, that they are working on the next chapter of um, Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein. So I, I, I'm, I, don't, I hope that was not Wolfenstein Youngblood. Um, so yeah, I think, I, and I think Starfield is dropping this year, definitely. I'm curious about Starfield. That we know absolutely nothing about that game. <laughs> outside of like executives name dropping it right but we've not seen gameplay no trailer i don't even i don't think there's even a concept trailer out we know more about titanfall 3 than we do starfield <laughs> and that makes me very sad um and so i i if it's coming out this year great cool that's why they bought bethesda uh, at least it's one of the reasons but I also know that Bethesda does not have a good track record of releasing games in a playable state, uh, particularly in the past few, few years in terms of RPGs. And with all the backlash we've seen from games releasing in bug states, I would have to think that they're taking a good hard look at whether or not what they're going to put out is manageable for 2021 realistically. I think Cyberpunk checked a lot of people's expectations. Uh, uh, and probably made a lot of publishers bullish on putting out an incomplete product. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I agree with that. Um, 
in terms, I think Starfield's probably coming out just because they keep dropping it and it's been in development a while. I don't think we yeah, know. It was in development two effects. years before it was announced. So you could say it was in development since 2016. So that's nearly, so it's nearly hitting the four year mark. Four years. That's crazy. That is a long RPG. I mean, I guess Halo Infinite's going on six come, uh, come release. So we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm hopeful. I don't know anything about the other two. I, those aren't games that I will play. Um, the other rumor is the one we touched on last week. I wasn't here. You guys covered it with um, Dirt and 3-Bit. Uh, you play is coming to Xbox Game Pass just like EA Play did for this holiday. I don't think we need to rehash what we talked about or what you guys talked about last week. The next one, long rumored, Xbox going to be dropping Xbox Live Gold and rolling it into the Game Pass service. Free two-play games, a free two-play games will not require any subscription. This is one that obviously tons of people in the community want, and I would be glad to see this happen. It's kind of, I mean, what's really the difference if you pay for Game Pass Ultimate? It's included anyway, so I don't really see if they drop it. It's just to get a Game Pass in there. I think they would have done it by now. If they really wanted to get rid of Xbox Live Gold, they, the best shot would have been to do it with like the Series X launch and S launch. At this point, it's there to stay, and it adds extra value to Xbox like Game Pass Ultimate. So I feel like that'll let them justify that $15 price tag a little bit more than just having the free games on there. So definitely, I don't think that rumor has any legs. And I believe they've even said recently they had no plans on even changing it. So, yeah. Well, what I think is, I think they're waiting for a certain subscription mark on Game Pass. So uh, they might be like, oh, if Game Pass, when Game Pass is 30 million, we're going to cancel Xbox Live Gold. Because, you know, Xbox Live Gold still has around... 40 to 50 million people subscribe to it. So um, they're waiting for that transition for, for the Xbox Live Gold people to move to Xbox Game Pass. And then when most of them have, they will cut that service off. That's what I think. I think games with gold needs to go away. Xbox Live Gold does not. I think Xbox Live Gold, to Tom's point, it's here. It's here. They would have done it by now if, if it was going to go away. But games with gold, I think, is... Um, not doing them any favors any longer. Um, I don't think it's hurting them, but it certainly has not been impressive uh, by comparison to its PlayStation counterpart on the PS Plus. However, that that's kind of a silly point in a world of Game Pass, and that's kind of the big thing for me. I don't even think about my games with Gold anymore. I don't even think about it. I'm just Game Pass. Is it there? Is it not? Um, and so I, I would I would like them to. I don't need them to get rid of it to make me happy, but uh, I think it's silly to pretend that Games with Gold is a selling point uh, because it was created in response to PS Plus during the Xbox One era when the Xbox One was doing terribly. The Xbox One recovered really well for last gen and landed a pretty strong install base uh, that may not be about units sold in terms of consoles, but the engagement numbers are just off the charts. And so... Games with gold, I don't think, really helps that. 
Xbox Live Gold does help that. And I think that's the big difference. I honestly forget Games of Gold is a thing most months. I don't know the last time I looked at the titles by myself. Like, oh, what's my Games of Gold? Like, who who is actively looking to pick up those titles? I don't think anybody thinks about it anymore. So that's a service that could probably just be eliminated, like you said. Well, uh, next rumor. All non-MMO Bethesda slash ZeniMax titles will be exclusive starting in 2021. It's been debated to death by us, by every other podcast on the internet. We don't know. Of course, Bethesda had to rear its ugly head here again. (laughs) (laughs) We we don't know. We're not going to know until until the deal is done and they say something. So we just have to wait. This one would make uh, Luke very happy. It would put his controller... To good use, uh, Xbox is swinging big and acquiring Sega in 2021. <laughs> so he could uh, he could get some use uh, out of that Sonic controller. I don't. I have no clue if that's a, a real thing, and I don't care one way or the other. Uh, the real value in acquiring Sega is always going to be Atlas, as Sonic's not a big deal. Persona, uh, they, yeah, Persona, yeah, they, and they don't have any JRPGs of note that are exclusive to their catalog or even really in their catalog um, compared to their their Japanese counterparts in Sony and Nintendo. So I think that's the value there. But uh, who cares? Like, what? Uh, it's so funny when you hear the Sega rumor continue to percolate. But uh, I do love that blue controller, and it is funny to think about. <laughs> I'd be thrilled if they bought Sega. Uh, not for Sonic. I haven't played a Sonic game in probably a decade since they were not even good. I wouldn't say good. I think Sonic Heroes, the one where you were the three-person three team, was the last one I actually enjoyed. They're, they've fallen. They're, they might be the gaming franchise that's fallen down the most since it came out. But Atlas, huge. Persona, huge. Shin Megami Tensei would be huge for Xbox. Really. Also Yakuza. Yakuza, yep, definitely Yakuza. But they've already kind of got Yakuza wrapped up. They have all the games on Game Pass. Like a Dragon is doing well. They had exclusivity for the next-gen version. So they already have some sort of deal in place with Sega for Yakuza. I, if they See, bought this them, is why I think my, something's going on with Microsoft and Sega. It's either Microsoft trying to bring Sony games to Game Pass or Microsoft is trying to make a deal with Sega to get all their games they want on Game Pass. Or Microsoft trying to acquire uh, Sega. So, um, because since we, we've seen a lot of this, um, we've seen all the Yakuza games come to Game Pass. Now, we've seen actually something similar happen with Bethesda games, right? Like, sometime before the Bethesda acquisition, we got Dishonored 2, we got Fallout 76, we got Fallout uh, 4 as well at one point. So, yeah, um, it could happen. Um, if it does, good. If it doesn't, don't really care. Yeah, and Fancy Star too. They have they locked up the exclusivity for Fancy yeah. Fancy Star Online too for a while before it came to PC. It's still not on PlayStation in the West anyway. Um, obviously over in Japan, I think it's on everything. But they have a good relationship with Sega right now. I don't think they need to buy them to continue that. <laughs> but listen, if they want to give everyone Sonic, whatever the next Sonic title is, day one on Game Pass, I great. Cool. They just need to get Persona on Game Pass. That's that's all I'm hoping for. I want Persona to come to Xbox. No oh, man, Altered Beasts. 
No, I'm just kidding. That's what? that's an extremely old, old title. Like, what year did it? Yeah, 1988. Sorry. Never mind. Never mind. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, say, I have no idea what that is. It was, like, wow. one of Sega's, like, earlier games where it was, uh, it was just a side-scrolling beat-em-up. But as you beat up the bigger enemies, like every level, you had like a themed like monster or a, or a were bear, a were lion that you could become to fight the big boss at the end, and you slowly became more powerful throughout it. So, yeah, no, it was just one of my early Sega Genesis sweethearts. Hmm. I wasn't born in 1988, so I yeah. can't. You never <laughs> can't played your big brother's console. And podcasting like with children. I'm the big brother. <laughs> <laughs> I was born in 2001, so I'm, I'm he's, an the child. Child. <laughs> he's an actual child. He's an actual child. I'm 27. I'm 27. All right, I'm not an actual child. Wait, just one month to my 20th. All right, just one month. <laughs> that is crazy. Uh, well, you you floored Luke. Um, I don't know how I'll ever <laughs> but the last rumor is just Xbox is going to acquire two additional studios in 2021. One so I think Blooper Bloober might be a, a good shout for that just because of their working relationship. But we don't really have any concrete details unless Luke has some uh, info he'd like Inside to share. Inside information. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm thinking they're gonna buy it. There's Sony. Sony Publishing put out a game called God of War. I think they're gonna buy them. <laughs> they really want to have a God of War two exclusive. Today. That's their plan. That's, so funny. Know, yeah. That's hilarious. The mom said the exact same thing when we did a predictions video, like one of our first episodes. He's like, ah, I think they're gonna buy Sony. <laughs> I remember that now. Okay. All right, that ends our rumor roundup for the week. Um, we're going to move into viewer questions just to end the, the episode. Only, only three viewer questions this week from some of our regulars who keep tweeting at us. The first one comes from Lisa Armstrong, who asks, what superhero would you get exclusively for Xbox, I assume, to rival Spider-Man on PlayStation? Tom, what superhero do you want? The Flash. I've always thought it would be so sick to have like an actual good Flash video game. Uh, I'm sure it would be hard as hell to develop for since he moves really fast. But I think something like that would be freaking fantastic. Have there ever been yeah, a Flash? That would be awesome. I don't know for sure. I, I know he's been in some of the DC games, but I don't know if he's had a, his own Flash game. I don't think so, yeah. Well, Amon. Um, I have to. Um, I would say either Batman or Deadpool. Deadpool. Deadpool's yeah, last video. I think game Deadpool would be. Well. Sorry. Deadpool's Sorry. last video game didn't do so well. Well, I actually enjoyed that game. That's one of the reasons I said Deadpool. Uh, I actually have fun with that game. So I think if Microsoft, you know, acquire the IP somehow, that would be a cool thing to try out. Garrett, what superhero? Ghost Rider featuring Nicolas Cage. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, get out of um, here. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to say, like, I would like a more grittier one just because, like, it always seems like the superhero ones are just very, uh, 
very scripted, always do the same thing. So I wouldn't mind like an in-depth Punisher one or uh, let's oh, say Spawn. That's a good one. Punisher. Punisher. I would like that. Yeah. Like uh, like I'm thinking Spawn with like an open world thing, sort of like a prototype. You guys remember that game that came out for Xbox? That mm-hmm. would be sweet. Some interesting picks right there. How about you, Luke? Uh, I've thought a lot about this question, actually, because uh, I was very sad when Spider-Man went exclusive to Sony. I actually am not a fan of, of any major brand like that becoming exclusive because Spider-Man, I think, belongs to everybody. The same with Batman. Often, Bat- Arkham Knight is my favorite game of last generation. Uh, and yes. people often ask, well, would yes. you want Batman to be exclusive on Xbox? No. I want as many people possible playing those games because they're just awesome. Uh if if I wanted to, if my logic was to counter the, the, the Spider-Man exclusivity or whatnot, there are two that jump to mind uh, realistically. The first is Wolverine, with the game being very R-rated, similar to X-Men Origins Wolverine, which was a very good game um, mm-hmm. and brutally violent and had some really cool effects where like, he would take damage and his skin would, would shed off and you would watch him heal on screen. Uh, a more fleshed out, no pun intended, version of that would be really neat to see. But I think the character that would do the most for the brand and also is something we've never seen before would be Black Panther. I think uh, Black Panther is a character who is really coming to his own thanks to the MCU. I thought he was a neat enough character, but kind of B tier, C tier. Uh, in the Marvel Universe prior to the MCU. And you could argue that for the entire group of the Avengers, truth be told, um, at the time of that they were they were they came into to their own fruition. But to see a Wakanda that is ripe with technologies that you, and abilities that could be augmented by Vibranium would be really cool. Knowing what Chadwick Boseman did with the character to make him relevant uh, to so many people, whereas I would venture to say prior to um, uh, Captain America Civil War, people weren't really familiar with Black Panther beyond the fact that he was uh, a black superhero and that he was from Africa. And now we have this incredible rich history that's getting explored. Uh, and, I, and I really dig that. I think it's, I, and to go social commentary, we need more heroes of color and they need to be on display for our young people to see and then not follow the same formula. And Black Panther would be a perfect character to help bridge that gap uh, and really do a lot for for the superhero brand and the Xbox brand if they treated it similar to the way Arkham and uh, Marvel Spider-Man on the Sony side get treated. And it's not just a throwaway quick quick fix game. I would love to see, see that. Uh, so those are my two answers. And ironically, coincidentally, Wolverine's Berserker stuff looks like an X and Wakanda Forever looks like an X. So that's kind of <laughs> neat, you know, just an accidental thing I thought about there. Um, no, I I agree. Black Panther is certainly a pick. I I think makes a lot of sense, especially with the social commentary. You know, Miles Morales was being praised for the social commentary that that game has had, the impact that that has had on the minority community. Uh, Chadwick Boseman, his passing obviously might make any Black Panther game a little difficult to get. Uh, I know that he was going to be in the Avengers game uh, as DLC, but they've kind of pushed those plans back. So certainly wouldn't be anytime soon if that was a discussion that was going to happen. 
Um, my pick is another superhero that the MCU brought to the forefront of people's popularity lists. Uh, he's been my favorite superhero since I was a kid, and that's Iron Man. Obviously, he has a VR game uh, on PlayStation, which I don't think did that well. It's all right from, from what I've heard. Uh, no. Um, it was I decent, just, but it didn't, get, it didn't sell well. Yeah, yeah. So I would just like Iron Man for personally me. I also think, despite the way he's portrayed in the MCU, which is, you know, Robert Downey Jr., everyone loves him. So if you could get some sort of, you know, even if you made him look like him, I think that's where the Avengers went wrong. Don't don't make some offshoot MCU characters. Just just give us what we want. We know what we know what Iron Man looks like in our brain, and it's Robert Downey Jr. I think that there's a lot of story the MCU did not tell about Iron Man before Endgame, um, and I don't know if we'll ever get to see the story. And I'd love a game that would tackle that in a more uh, more deep manner put me in the role of iron man so that's my pick she also wrote in with another question and this one's a little it's either or would you rather obsidian drop making the outer worlds presumably dlc in a sequel and take care of fallout presumably new vegas or continue working on the outer worlds and make a new spin-off fallout game so stop Outer Worlds, New Vegas, or keep Outer Worlds, different Fallout. Don't stop yeah. Outer Worlds. I loved Outer Worlds. They don't need to stop that. That game was great. One of my favorite games of last gen. Um, yeah, uh, I think um, more IP, the more IP, the better. I would like them to make a Fallout spinoff game similar to what they did with New Vegas. Uh, maybe New New York or something. Yeah, I would like. I would like that. <laughs> I don't know, man. I was actually thinking, what about a Fallout New Orleans with like the swampy areas and whatnot? You could have like floods coming New in, Miami. Like, hurricanes. Is yeah. Fallout New Miami? Yeah, that would be pretty cool. But like, or they could just go halfway across the world and be like uh, Fallout New Australia. Yeah, Fallout New Zealand. Whew. Luke, you were raising your hand. Uh, Obviously, that means in teacher speak, you want to speak, so. I do not want the Outer Worlds to, to even bother with Fallout. Uh, I'm sorry, the Outer Worlds. <laughs> Obsidian. I, I think that the studio should be fair to make the games they want to make and not be pigeonholed into to making somebody else's property. Obsidian has done a great job at distinguishing themselves themselves from that fallout new vegas and kotor history and they've now got their own ips that they're working on and i think it would actually excuse me cause dissension within the ranks if they were to start making uh another studio's game that that studio now belongs under the same umbrella and it's not as petty as that in the business world it comes down to money dollars and cents and a lot of people aren't the same people but it does matter, and the news articles that get written about that will constantly be Obsidian making Bethesda's fault, or this this studio making that studio's game. And that's not healthy. Tim Schafer even spoke to this with Ryan McCaffrey recently when he was talking about Psychonauts 2. Like, do you want to make uh, a, a Banjo-Kazooie game? And he said, no, Rarick should do that. I don't want to do that. I want to make my own games. And that, to me, was very encouraging because... It, it suggests that no one is knocking on Tim Schafer's door saying, hey, hey, you've made a bunch of remasters in Psychonauts 2. Go make 
this game and do this new game. He can just make whatever he wants. And I want that spirit to be within the Xbox Game Studios mantra, with the small exceptions of 343 and the Coalition, which were specifically created for their Gears and Halo purposes. I don't know, man. I would like to counter that. Because, like, Fallout, it was Obsidian's game. It it would be like giving George Lucas back Star Wars. Ugh! Don't do that. He made the prequels. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah but he also made the originals he had a bad face it goes through us all okay but like i don't know i think like it doesn't need to be a full over thing but just enough to let obsidian get there or not get but let them retouch on their own universe i think it could be very nostalgic because new vegas it definitely you could see the difference in the creative visions even though it was basically the same game as Fallout 3 regarding guns and character models and whatnot, but you could see with Quest lineup how uh, with Obsidian, not everything was always the most open. You actually had to look around and think for yourself in a way, right? So, uh, I don't know. I, I think it would be interesting to have Obsidian go back and do a Fallout but like you said, they should not be forced. They should be allowed their own creative thing. So, but yeah, that was my interjection. Tom. George Lucas also made Kingdom and the Crystal Skull. <laughs> I'm good with um, Bethesda just managing Fallout. I think. Obsidian has a lot of IPs they're working on right now. Let them focus on those. Hot take. I don't care about either of these franchises. Oh, I don't like you. I don't yeah, like Fallout. You need to stop with these hot takes, man. <laughs> Fallout is... I love Bethesda RPGs. Literally, except Fallout. Garrett, I don't like it. <laughs> There's other people here. You don't have to speak just to me, but it is a beautiful game. Just like Sea of Thieves, I'll take you over to that side as well. We'll find out. Our next (laughs) questions come from Amazo, formerly known as Redacted on Twitter. He asks, after Halo Infinite, would you like 343 to make a spin-off title on the Halo universe? I'm going to answer it pretty quick. Uh, No. No, I won't. They have enough trouble making uh, mainline Halo games. I don't think they need to struggle to make a spin-off Halo game. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. They just need to focus on Halo Infinite right now. Nothing else. Yeah. That that's it. Three four With three. It, supposedly made. Yeah. Go ahead. The the best Halo campaign with Halo Four, and the best multiplayer with Halo Five. And there is no way around that, guys. They don't age well, but Halo 5's multiplayer is unrivaled. The story was I terrible. That. I agree and with that. Halo, Halo 4, if you've not gone back to it, um, is an incredibly stunning game for the Xbox 360 that upscales beautifully, and the campaign is wonderful. Best weapons. Uh, the enemies, eh, they're not as boring as they are in 5, but it's a healthy mix of enemy types. I think 343 is very capable, but to Amon's point, they 100% need to focus on Infinite. I'd love to see somebody else tackling spinoffs, not just like Halo Wars, because Halo Wars 2 is wonderful, but 
imagine uh, using the Slipspace engine in Halo Infinite, but you are playing as an, a Black Ops ODST member. I have, I have uh, way too many Halo novels over on my shelf behind me that involve all types of spec ops teams for Oni and whatnot. One called Ferret Team, which you could have an incredible Hive Busters-esque type story. I would love something set within that universe, the platform of Halo. just with the with the engine and mechanics so it's not necessarily a new game but it's a new campaign but i'm on this point again they should not be focused on anything except for that infinite experience and then somebody else can go and play in that world uh with them i'll fight to the death on halo 4 <laughs> i i agree with luke's take there Tom. definitely not like not necessarily just a side game but within itself within, within what they already constructed with halo infinite they can do what they did with ODST and it can work. Especially if they want to keep updating this game a couple years down the line. They said it wanted to be, to what, a 10-year experience, whatever they said it was. So they can easily just, you know, shoehorn more in campaigns in there. And we saw, like, Hive Busters, like Luke also said, which did a fantastic job if you guys haven't played it yet. I was just going to say, I was just going to say Hive Busters. That's a story DLC that isn't tied to the main story, but that is getting critically great reviews garrett or you did you already go uh tom actually took the words out of my mouth just with the 10-year cycle they should only be focusing on infinite but uh everybody else has covered it more or less that's sort of the crime of being last but yeah that's it i mean i agree with luke on the multiplayer of halo 5 i just i, I cannot the the Halo 4 campaign, I struggled to get through that. I won't, every other point you made is good, but I cannot ever say that because that is bottom of my list for campaigns in terms of story. Are you kidding me? You go kidding. back to that first <laughs> Halo. I think you're all. getting forward you five diluted because, yeah, Luke's. You don't know what you do. You rank it even lower than Halo 5? Campaign? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I like. I really? like Halo Five. Wow! Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that one at least had Master Chief like the entire way through. It's a way better game than Halo Five. I think he's just the pot just because he can at this point. Uh, <laughs> Listen, you two can, is you can... two is my personal pick for number one. It's not a two's great, but I Reach two's and my, Four two's my two. number one pick as well. Yeah. Okay. Reach and Four are interchangeable no, on the top. The top. Yeah, I reach, yes. the top. I enjoyed Reach as well. But Halo 4 was good, but Halo 5 was really bad. Ooh. Okay, it's a, right. The weirdest part about Halo 5 is that mechanically, it's superior to all of them. And it's mm -hmm. still not fun to play. That's the funniest <laughs> thing about it. That's, that's what tells you how much story and environment matter. Because mechanically speaking and technically speaking, you can scramble ledges, the guns and everything look great, and there's a lot of really cool mechanics. It's just not fun. There's a magic that's missing that the other games, if, I think, capture. If 343 just do what they did with Halo 4 and Halo 5 and just combine that, I think that Halo is going to be fine. Campaign of Halo, uh, Halo 4 and multiplayer of Halo 5, I think it's going to be fine. I mean, my personal hot take for the Halo franchise is Halo 3 is the multi worst multiplayer. I hate Halo 3 multiplayer. And everyone loves that multiplayer, and I don't get it. But listen, guys, I'm not saying 5 is 
good. I'm just saying it's like second from the bottom and the bottom is where four goes. All right. So we're going to stop that down there. <laughs> just had to go back and put some more salt on it. Eh? Mm. Jeez. <laughs> okay. Um, the next half of his question was, would you like to, would you like Xbox to add an intro to all Xbox exclusives on Game Pass saying Xbox originals like Netflix does? Um, they kind of do that already with Xbox Game Studios. Yeah. So I don't get the question. Yeah, that's pointless. I don't um, know. Maybe he but means I, I like don't think a cool, You know, like, you know how the Netflix, as soon as you um watching a Netflix original show, it just says Xbox original. It just says, that would be pretty cool. I think a better comparison would be like, would you like a, like a, scrolling image like they have for the mcu or what sony just did oh. like for their playstation studios it kind of gives you like a rundown of like a bunch of playstation games do we want that for xbox like that'd be cool but i don't really care it's a cool. logo a quick resume i never see logos yeah. anyway so i just want to jump into the game i don't really i yeah. don't care people have the weirdest weirdest takes um for what they want to see uh, last question, and then we'll wrap up the podcast. The pop culture era asks, would you rather bring back Knights of the Old Republic or Jade Empire? Cold War for sure. Luke, I'm going to give this Ooh. one to you. Knights of the Old Republic. Anything Star Wars. Yeah, Knights of the Old Republic. Easy. Easy. Yeah, I would Jade like Jade Empire, Empire but Knights of the special. Old Republic. Tom go before I <laughs> definitely Knights of the Old Republic. The game is just it was so above like from its time, and it gives you like it was the first RPG I've ever played that allowed me to choose like as a, be a bad guy or be a good guy. And then Fable, I followed that along later on, and I really love Knights of the Old Republic. And Star Wars is freaking like the best universe period in movies and video games. Like just more of that, please. Yes, I agree with you, Tom. Hundred percent. Jade Empire. Now comes, now comes Kevin's <laughs> I listen. Maybe it's just because the only Star Wars games I've actually liked were the original Battlefront games on the original Xbox. But I would rather have Jade Empire. This man just disrespected Jedi Fallen Order, Rogue Squadron, Rogue I, well, I, I haven't played Fallen Order yet, so that could be one that changes my mind. Battlefront 2 now is really good. That multiplayer was dope. They really did. They fixed it, which was just, I'm shocked how much they fixed it. Um, yeah, I'm I so offended it. by you. I wasn't oh. a big fan of the new Battlefront <laughs> games, but Rogue Squadron and uh, Knights of the App, uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Definitely, I, I enjoyed those too. Well, we're gonna end. You can stay, Amon. I'm a guest. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna end this episode of Kevin's Hot Xbox Takes uh, by saying thank you, everyone. Uh, once again, subscribe to the channel, like the video, uh, check out Luke and the Xbox Expansion Pass podcast, and I will let everyone sign off. You can follow me on Twitter at the Muffinmon. Uh, Tom, where can they find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at Chronicle Tom. Mon. You can find me on Twitter at Amon M05, and that's also my gamer tag. So if you ever want to play, just hit me up. Garrett. Uh, gamer tag and Twitter are both Wayworn G.
feel free to compete with me in the gamer score. But this month, right now, you would definitely be competing with Amon. Last month, though, I smoked everybody. So proud of that. <laughs> and Luke, one last shout out again. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Let everyone know where they can find you. Well, thank you for having me, man. I really, really enjoyed hanging out with you guys today. It was awesome. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and on Xbox Live and PSN at Insipid Ghost. And the Xbox Expansion Pass is available on all your podcast services and now YouTube as well. And so if you search those, I'm sure they will pop up for you. Uh, and it would mean the world if you guys took a moment and check that show out. Thanks. Second. So again, thank you, everyone. And look forward to the new content. Bye. Yeah.